Yeah, and it, we don't exactly do heavy planning for the show. <laughs> no, we should. <laughs> okay, okay. We really don't do any planning for the show. We've done more planning for this one than we usually do for any other one. Yeah. This is episode 318 on October 3rd, 2019. Set your photo apps down, iPhone photographers. It's time for Tiny Shutter Podcast. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Tiny Shutter Podcast, where we talk about iPhone photography and anything else. I'm Dave Podner. I'm Matt Hoffman. I'm Greg McMillan. And we have a special guest with us this evening, and his name is Jeff Feeney. Welcome, Jeff. Hello, you guys. Thanks for having me this evening. Huh. I'm saying. Yeah, welcome. Glad you could be here. Thank you. Yeah. And we'll find out why Jeff's here uh, very shortly. Yep. Well, you know what? Since, well, sorry, didn't mean to talk over anyone. (laughs) Um, But you know what? Since we do have a guest, uh, we'll jump right in to the focus point. Focus point. So, uh, like we talked about last week on the show, uh, none of us were planning on going out and buying the iPhone 11. I don't think anyone hit the lottery where we would go out and buy one yet. Correct, guys? That is correct. Nope. Yeah. Darn. Yep. was kind of hoping for a nice surprise there. But, Greg, you were able to reach out, and do you want to take it from here? Sure. Um I ha- okay, so I know Jeff best from the Artful iPhoneography community since I'm no longer on Facebook, but I do believe I uh, re- remember him from the Facebook group, uh, but on obviously Instagram as well. And um, uh, Jeff has the iPhone 11 Pro Max, and uh, I've been uh, catching a few images from that thing, and I got to say, I'm pretty impressed. So, um, uh, Jeff, um, you know, maybe we'll just start off with, with uh, your initial thoughts on the phone. I love the phone. First of all, I I, I got rid of the iPhone uh, XS uh, X, XS Max, which was an, uh, a great phone, but I was intrigued about the new camera camera capabilities of the iPhone 11, uh, especially the 11 Pro Max and. I just picked it up a week ago, and I've been messing around with it here. And the the buzz about the uh, super wide lens and the night mode and all that stuff is a lot to digest, but it's exciting. So I'm very happy to have the phone and to talk to you guys about it tonight. Yeah, so it's it's living up to the all the hype, is it? It is, but like anything else that you dive into uh, uh, early on, you're kind of just feeling your way around it and trying different things and some things you love about it and some things are – you may not like so much about it, but uh, one thing that I really liked uh, with this phone, which I'm sure everyone's heard about, is, uh, is the battery life. So the battery life of this uh, Pro Max that I have is four to five hours more than the 10XS Max that I had. So yeah, that, and that, that that's pretty much that's advertised, too. Yeah, I've actually, I've, I've charged, you know, it comes with an 18-watt charger, so I've charged it from zero to 50% in less than 30 minutes. So oh, wow. The, the 18 watt charger is awesome that comes with it. Yeah, that's crazy. So, uh, uh, so there was a couple things you said you didn't like about it. Let's let's get them out uh, out of the way here real quick. Just to, you know, briefly explain you know what you may not like about it. 
Well, the first thing, as soon as I took it out of the box, I felt it was pretty slippery. So I don't know what people have read or, or, or seen with this phone, but I, I did it. I was lucky enough to get the Midnight Green. I got the 256 uh, storage capacity, and uh, I took it out of the box, and I was like, it's a little heavier, and it's very slippery. So I panicked. You know, I'm like, oh, my God, am I going to take this out uh, right away to some remote place and take pictures, or am I going to be paranoid about it? So... I ordered my OtterBox. Uh, I, I usually put the OtterBox Defender on my phones, and unfortunately, they weren't quite ready uh, right away, so I had to wait a week, which kind of delayed me going out and really uh, taking a lot of photos. But it's it was very slippery for me, and uh, that's one thing that you know I noticed right away. Yeah, Paul? Um, Go ahead. like even even with the matte back, like it's it's still a little slippery. So, uh, admittedly, I have had hands-on with the um, eleven. Pro, um, a buddy of mine at work, Randy. He he's got one, and it's not the Max, so it's just the uh, the same size as the iPhone 10 and the 10s. And um, you know, I met him for coffee one night, and I was having a look at it. And the the back is slippery. I'd say it's very similar to the the 10s Max that I have. Um, but one thing I noticed is the um, uh, surgical steel frame. Like around the outside, on the edges, it it does give you some considerable grip when you're when you're yeah. holding it, uh, which was which I thought was pretty cool. I've heard that, and actually I got to feel it, so that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I've I've gone I've been going for almost two months now with no case on my 10s Max, and I'm really getting used to the way it feels and and holding on to it so that it's not going to fall out of my hands, and um, but. I think with a with a new 11 Pro Max, I would probably put a case on it, just because it's new. <laughs> well, you know, I I've always been an OtterBox fan, and I love the ruggedness and the grippiness of it. Like I can put it up on something that doesn't slide down, and it feels like I have something substantial in my hand. And I like that feeling when I'm out using my phone as a camera. So yeah, yeah, it gives you that sense of security. And the, uh, I'll just jump into the next thing. One thing that I noticed right away is, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard the, uh, about the three lenses in the back, and they're really close to the corner, and they're in what some people have called a squircle. So a squircle is that square that's got rounded corners. And oh, I yeah. thought that was an interesting uh, name for it. But if you're not careful, your fingers uh, do get in the way. So when I first started taking pictures with this phone, unbeknownst to me, uh, my finger got in the way a few times, so I had to really re-educate uh, myself on keeping my fingers away from that corner of the phone. So that's mostly with the ultra-wide, though, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. But in yeah. general, I think people are going to they're gonna notice that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the, uh, the wide lens is the one that's closest to the corner. So I, I could imagine, mm. you know, making that mistake pretty often with that lens. Yeah. Yeah, and, and obviously you get used to it right away, but it's something that I did want to jot down because it's something that I noticed. Yeah, I've actually seen that in a couple video reviews where the where the reviewer said, "Well, they hold their phone a certain way," but and they said, "Oh, and after taking the shot and going home, I noticed finger here, finger here." Like I said, for right. the ultra wide, finger here, finger here. It's like, okay, well, it it, it is something to think of. I mean, of course, and this is what is it? It's equivalent thirteen millimeter. So this is really uh, very wide so it's even wider than you would think 
in terms of just kind of thinking what what what's you know zoom out and zoom in right yeah correct 13 millimeter yeah that's very wide mm-hmm. so um another thing i just want to jump in and say is that right off the bat people who uh use these phones for cameras uh, i was really disappointed that i i still have to use a third-party app for the wolfie culture so I, w- I would love to be able to shoot wall um with, with these phones moving forward where, where I didn't have to use like Halide or Lightroom or something like that. And for, what was that for Jeff? Uh, for raw. Oh, right. Yeah. It yeah. W- yeah. It would be nice if Apple would, and I understand they want to make the phone where it's, you know, kind of 90 and 90 where 90% of the people use the phone, 90% of the power for the built in app, but just, you can even put it, you don't even have to put it on the camera. Just, Hide it in settings where an average person won't turn it on then then suddenly say, why does my photos look crappy? Because they don't, you know, the difference between raw and heavily, heavily processed. But just have that little button there somewhere in saying says, you know, save raw version also or something right. on that nature where, you know, put it under put it under the camera settings, put it, put a super duper advanced where you really have to go out of your way to dig to find it. That would be great. Yeah. And the ultra wide actually does not support raw. Um, you know, even with halide, uh, or, or any of the others, it, the, the ultra wide camera just does not shoot raw. It, it can't do it. Um, I'm not 100% sure why I know halide has a good blog post on all that stuff. And I read it, but that was all earlier in the week, and I forgot. <laughs> I have to read it again because I can't remember everything they said. There's a lot of stuff in that in that post about, um, but you know about the technical stuff that goes on. So, um, but um, so, what's you know what really stands out in your mind about is things that you really like. So uh, of course I love I love the night mode. I, I love that it's automatic, and for those that don't really know or haven't heard about night mode, night mode is a way for you to just pick up your phone and take it out and look around in a dark room, and as long as there's any kind of ambient light, it grabs that light, and it, and it, it enables you to, to actually take a photo that you could recognize in a very dark area. So, yeah, it, um, so you sent us a, a few samples from um, uh, look like a construction site and okay so what Jeff did folks is he sent sent a photo that he took with his 10s max and then with the 11 pro max without night mode and it was a little bit better I'd say it was probably about 15 percent better as far as you know being able to see what was in the scene and then the one with night mode wow what a difference it, it was um, like it really brought everything out, but yet it still looked like it was at night. What was also amazing about it was that uh, the colors looked correct. So somehow it it deciphered the colors that that all the planes in the in the uh, in the image were and rendered them like naturally. It was really amazing to see that. Yeah, yeah. Now, Jeff, for the um, the one you had it on, I'm assuming handheld. Do you do you remember how long you how long the uh, shutter speed was for? So when I went out, I on purpose I didn't take a tripod. I wanted to see what it could do handheld. 
So it was uh, the, the final one that you saw that was the brightest was handheld at three seconds. Wow. So from what I understand, uh, the camera uh, takes a bunch of photos and ones that it can't align uh, through vibration and whatnot, it throws out and it gives you the best image possible from those three seconds you'd be holding uh, the phone as still as you could. Yeah, that's... Yeah, and, and I've heard too that, you know, say if you did have a tripod, depending on the scene, you could go to a maximum of 30 seconds with it in one shot. So, uh, you know, it's um, it's amazing what it can do handheld. Like, you know, Spectre does a really good job handheld, but it's not the same, I don't think, as night mode. Night mode just does things a little differently and, uh, you know, produces some very nice images. We were looking at one on last week's show that, uh, that Dave found on Reddit. Of a, it was a just a picture of a car, and you could see the, the light trails behind it from cars going by. Like the car was just sitting in like a parking lot, and then the sky up above in the background, you can actually see the Milky Way starting to form in the image, and it was a 28 second exposure. Yeah, I'm actually it's on my bucket list to take the, the phone out and to try and get some star trails and just. See how, how how much of the night sky I can grab, you know. I, I think yeah. I've, I've I've read online where people have uh, used the front facing camera, which by the way is twelve mega megapixels now, and they just laid the phone down on the ground and uh, shot for like I don't know an hour or something, and they were able to get actually some uh, star trails. So really, that's interesting. So I'm assuming that that's going to take. Uh, probably a, an app to do that, like a third-party app. It wouldn't wouldn't do that yeah. in the uh, normal camera app, I guess, because I think it does max out at thirty seconds. So yeah, but uh, but the idea that you can do that is really amazing, you know. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, camera yeah, phone. definitely. Yeah. One thing yeah. I do want to bring up regarding night mode, though, is that um, I did notice when I was taking a bunch of different shots that, for some reason, sometimes the white balance seemed to change uh, depending on how much light you let in. So uh, I'm going to continue to look at that. But, uh, for example, uh, when I didn't use night mode, uh, I think the white balance was slightly warmer, if I remember correctly, than the the three-second exposure. And the three-second exposure looked more natural with more of a white light. So I'm sure uh, that'll get better with time, but I did notice that. Mm, Yeah, that's interesting. Um, So... Night mode works really well. Uh, just in in regular photos, you you find uh, like have you ever shot something in you know with all three cameras the same scene basically one right after the other, just yes. to, to see how they work out and so color balance and everything else works really well. Oh, it's seamless! It's amazing! It just slides from one to the next. Yeah. Wow. It's really, really and there's, good. There's no, there's no color shift between between no. them or anything. It's like it no. all, yeah. Because I know with the video side of it, they they say you know when you're shooting video, they're all they're all actually shooting at the same time, so that when you do switch, it's a seamless transition. But um, I just wondered if the uh, if the photo side of it had the same behavior, and it sounds like it does. So that's that's no, a good it thing. doesn't. Yeah. No. One other thing I like. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. One other thing I wanted to say about night mode is that uh, um, you, 
but like I said, when you first, oh, you know, just point your phone up to to anywhere, it jumps automatically into night mode. And what you can do is, if you don't want that, you can touch the little dial that's down towards the bottom where you can change the amount of light. Uh, I mean, the shutter speed. You can pull it to the right, and it'll actually go to off. So it's not okay. uh, easily seen at first. Ah, oh, because I heard you could shut it off, but I didn't. I haven't heard how yet. So that's interesting. Yeah. So when you pick up your phone and you just point it into a dark room, the uh, night mode will automatically illuminate, and you'll notice your your scene automatically gets lighter. But then you'll see the dial at the bottom, and if you if you don't like the scene uh, right out, you know, right right up right up from the beginning, you can just dial it all the way to the mm-hmm. left hand side, and it actually turns off the whole night mode itself. Oh, that's neat. Now, Jeff, one thing I saw was there's no way to turn it on. It has to be automatically put on. Did you ever run a case, run across thing, and you were like, I think this is too dark. It would be great if it could turn on, but the camera thinks it's too light, and it won't turn on night mode. Hmm. No. Okay. Yeah, I, I, the, no, the, I, the complaint, I just want to make sure the complaint I heard from people is like, oh, it'd be great if there was a switch you can turn on night mode or turn, you know, turn it on when you want to turn on, not when the camera. And I'm thinking, well, I could see where especially tech reviewers would love that. But the question is for most people using it, would they even care about that or not? So it sounds like it's not, you haven't even come across where it's like, Oh yeah, the the way this photo came out, I wish it would have had dark mode on it. Well, or night, or night mode. This is where, you know, I I raised the phone up and it actually lightened the scene too much, and so then I would dial it back to either off or mm. just under three seconds or something like that. Okay. Uh, one thing I do want to mention also about night mode is that as a photographer using a phone, I'm very particular about uh, what the image looks like and the mood of it, of the image so since this is an automatic feature it tends to uh lose the mood of the shot sometimes so sometimes me i'd like i'd like to i always tend to dial it back down a little bit because it's uh it's, it's supposed to be a moody scene it's maybe it's the moonlight or whatever and you don't want it to be you know too bright because then it takes away the whole idea of you taking a moody evening shot do you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I've seen some comparison shots from um, uh, Samsung and Huawei to, uh, compared to the uh, 11 Pro with night mode, and they seem to be brightening up just everything in the scene. Whereas, at least with the iPhone, they do leave the darks dark or darker um, for a more realistic night scene image. Uh, but I, I I I totally get what you say, and when you when you talk about you know going back in afterwards and and bringing it back down a bit because I kind of like that myself. I, I I like a little I like a darker night shot than probably what that phone would give me. Right, and I would rather deal with the noise and the shadows than to have something that's overly bright that loses the whole idea of your night scene. You know. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, I have a question for you. So. I know we're you know we're talking a lot about the the um, the 11 Pro Max and you're testing it out and everything, but if you weren't uh, like kind of involved in that right now, 
are you mainly like a native camera app shooter or is there like a third party app that you like to shoot with? What, oh, what I'm do a you big usually? fan. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Camera Plus too. Okay. So I shoot with that a lot because I shoot almost all my macros in Camera Plus too. Me so, too. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I love that whole thing. And I, I also shoot a lot of Halide because I love to shoot raw. Me too. And so, and so uh, Halide is, I mean, anyone who's used Halide, it's so easy to use. It's very quick. You push that shutter and it's immediate. You see the image right away. So I love everything about Halide. So I can't recommend it enough if you want to learn to shoot raw. What Excellent. about the raw in camera plus two? Uh, I, hmm, I, it's, it's, I, camera plus two, I usually only use for uh, macro. You know how you have a lot of apps in your phone? You're like, I'm going to use this for that, yeah, and this for yeah. this, mm-hmm. and this for that. So when, oh, I go, do when, I? I to, <laughs> when I walk up to something, I'm like, oh, I want to take a macro. Camera plus two just automatically I, I go to. So. Oh, yeah. That's cool. I'm, I'm 100% the same way. I don't think I've taken a, a regular photo in camera plus two in ages <laughs> like yeah but macro for sure every single one it's funny how you gravitate towards an app and you just it's intuitive uh, i think greg used luma b a lot so that's yep. something that you gravitate to and i think we all have our favorite apps uh one for me that is a must-have is snapseed i use it almost almost every picture so Snapseed is a must and it's free, so you yeah. can't beat that. Yeah, I would say it's yeah. probably one of the most popular editing apps out there. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think we had a mini panic when people had trouble with Snapseed opening up for on, on some cameras. Yeah, I think that when iOS thirteen, yeah, one of those yeah. umpteen dozen yeah. updates they've put out since iOS thirteen came out. Well, okay, there's been two updates, but. Um, no, there have been more than no, two. No, there's been three. There's yeah. been three. There was yeah. 13, 13, 1, 13, 1, 1, and 13, 1, 2. Yeah. And don't be surprised if you see another one come out next week. Because there's another issue going on that uh, <sighs> I don't think can wait for a 13.2 to come out. I think it's going to be coming out. I wouldn't be surprised if mm. it comes out next week. But anyway. No. So... You haven't had a, like you ha- you don't really do a lot of video, eh, Jeff? Um, I think you said in a message earlier that you do video. Only know, when I'm on vacation, and I yeah. yeah, when I want to remember where I've been, that's about it. Right. Okay. So on on the video side of things, I'll 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 just note what I saw on my friend's phone the other night. He and his wife they took some grandkids to a, a local zoo. Well, local it was a couple hours away, but. Um, it was just a small zoo. It wasn't a real big zoo. And there's a an enclosure where these goats are in there running around. And you can actually go in and, you know, go and feed the goats and stuff. So they're in there. And he's taking some video. Um, now, his wife is standing probably about 20 feet away from him. And one of the grandkids is running around talking away. And I don't know if you remember in the keynote for the iPhone 11, uh, Pro. I don't know if the 11 does this, but I know the Pro does this. When you're shooting video, the microphone will pick up basically what you're intending on shooting. So the microphone was picking up the little girl who was talking as she was walking about, and she was probably somewhere between 20 and 30 feet away from the phone, and you can hear her 
plain as day. Whereas, I mean, there was people all around. It wasn't overly packed or anything, but there was people kind of scattered about. But it was picking up what she was saying off in the distance and basically forgetting about picking up things that were closer and off to the side and behind. I thought that was absolutely amazing. And yeah, that's amazing AI. I mean, yeah, I mean, between that and the and the quality of the video, it was just unreal. Like I was just really, really impressed. And you know, and I said when when these things were announced, I think Apple put a lot more emphasis on the video side of things than they have on on the photography side because they seem to really showcase the video stuff more, like with you know bringing Filmic Pro out and things like that. And uh, but you know I, I was just blown away. So uh, I mean, give it a try, Jeff. Just uh, shoot a couple of videos and see what you think. Uh, especially try to put yourself in a position where you know maybe there's traffic going by behind you and and somebody's talking in front of you, and and just to see how see how the phone behaves in in picking that up. I, I think is really impressive. I might give it a try because I did uh, hear that the speakers in the new phones are amazing. So. They're more uh, stereophonic, and they don't feel like they're coming from mm. one source. They feel like it's more of a surround sound. So, yeah, uh, yeah, they call it sp- spatial sound or whatever. So, uh, yeah. Greg, real, real, uh, earlier on, we talked about other things that uh, uh, kind of like a wish list, uh, or I was I wrote down a little wish list of stuff I wish the, the phone had. And one of them is, you know, when you're shooting in portrait mode and you can. Uh, dial it over to the high key light mono uh, yeah. uh, filter, and it kind. Of, I love how it does that. How it takes the high key uh, picture of someone's face, but yeah. I want to be able to use. I want to be able to do that with anything, not just someone's face. You know, so it just seems like I wish that filter could be used for whatever you want, and you didn't have to need someone's face for that high key. Because I love that wa- that blown out white, the super detail and the high contrast. I mean, there's so yeah. many applications for that that doesn't need someone's face for. Right. Uh, so I haven't tried shooting a, po- a photo like that um, on anything other than a person. In fact, it was just a, basically myself reflected in a window, and it actually worked. But um, well, that's I'm the problem. Right? That. It won't work. It won't yeah. work. So when you so, when you when you point it towards something that's not a face, it won't take the picture. It takes it in color. Oh, right. So here's what I'm wondering, and I'm going to have to try this. Uh, you've heard of the app called Focus, F-O-C-O-S. Yes. It can now take a regular photo taken with just you know the wide or the tally or whatever with a single camera, and it can actually turn that into a depth image. And I wonder if I wonder if I can do that while we're ta- talking here. Actually, um, what I'm wondering is, is if that depth image can be taken into the Photos app, and I wonder if it'll pick it up as a portrait mode shot and apply that white, um, that white high key background to it. Hmm. I'm sure there's some kind of analytics that. There's a big good reason why it only does it with people's faces that it recognizes. I mean, it's got to recognize the face for it to even activate. So, because I tried right. many times to take that to give it my photos that look, but it just defaults to black and white. I mean, it defaults to color. Hmm. Oh yeah. Hmm. 
Well, well I think that's here. that's you know what honestly while you're while you're trying that out, Greg, I, that I think it may be somewhat related to the the deep fusion that Apple roll is going it actually rolled out in the dev, um, the the beta for developers this past week, and they passed around a couple more sweater photos. Um, don't know why they're focusing on people in sweaters uh, to show the. Um, to show the specialness of those photos and where they're actually saying, well, we know what is a person and the phone will know what's background. So it'll apply different filters depending on what it actually sees. So yeah. I think that may be the very similar thing where it says, oh, that we're going to do this and we're going to apply these extra filters, but it only works for faces because we have it set up to work for faces Human faces, right? So, right. Well, I just love that? the look of that that filter. I love the whole look. Yeah. So. Yeah, so, yeah, it is pretty cool. The, the last thing, Greg, I wanted to mention that I think is important is when you shoot with the ultra wide, mm-hmm. especially if you shoot in a vertical uh, orientation, it's very easy to uh, get keystoning in your picture. So I, I wish the phone came with a level for ultra wide, so that when you put on ultra wide and you push and you you know got your phone up you could easily level out uh all the uh verticals in your scene so yeah if you don't when you're in ultra wide mm. if, you, if you're not careful i mean the plane of your lens needs to be uh really perpendicular to the scene or else you get the keystoning of the buildings and everything else going all over the place because it's such a long a wide shot right now, so if you took a shot like that and there was some keystoning in it, uh, if you went into the edit mode, I know I've done this with wide-angle shots, and it automatically will fix the keystoning and level the image. Yeah, I noticed that. So, in, so in you're going to actually yeah. lose a little bit. But if you had a level that was already on your phone when you and yeah. leveled mm. took the shot, it'd be a lot less, I think, that you'd have to do post yeah, and and that's why I use Halide because Halide does have a leveling feature in it where, um, the you know the the square in the middle of the screen once your your phone is level, then it turns yellow. And it really I it I use it all the time. I use I use Halide all the time, and that's that's one of the big reasons for it is just so that it it gets that shot level every time. Now, Jeff, I did have a qu- another question. It's it's related to the ultra wide. I've seen a okay. couple of people do it where they took a picture with the normal wide lens and did the and you have to turn this on for it to work. But uh, if you chop something off on the side, the ultra wide will automatically take it and then it'll you can use it for I don't know how many days it keeps the ultra wide part. Also, does that make yeah. I know if you had, if you try that, that or not. I haven't, video, I, haven't, I haven't tried it, but it makes sense that when you go to edit that picture and you click uh, cropping feature, mm-hmm. it will show the extra image that's already there from wide from your wide ultra wide. Okay, okay, yeah. The the one sample that I saw was someone trying to take a picture of a um, a streetcar in San Francisco, and they just didn't time it quite right, so they used a combination of the live photo to move it back in time a second and then use the ultra wide image to get the extra bit that was cut off. And they went from a photo where the 
you know, the, the streetcar was off center and there was a bus and there was like a, a semi behind it or some kind of big delivery truck to where it was by itself and more centered in the frame. So I didn't know if he had any, any experience with that or if you tried to do any panoramics now, I with the ultra wide. A, a few panoramics with the ultra wide. And I got to tell you, you're going to be able to get some amazing, funky looking <laughs> panels because it's ultra wide so it's very you see a lot of the bottom and you see a lot of the top and then when you pan that around that is there's some craziness going on there so i'm going to try and post some of those but i want to i want to find the right subject to do that with but it's so i mean obviously it's not realistic looking but it's it's got it's got some uh some merit to it i think in certain situations yeah, I didn't know since yeah, I, since it was ultra wide when you took it if it would not be as narrow as with just the wide and it would, it would maybe turn out better. But it sounds like even weirder stuff is happening because of all the extra yeah, because, you're picking up. Right, it's your angles are moving even weird, you know, farther and farther away, and it's like you get a lot more image, but there's a lot more you might need to fix <laughs> if you know what I mean. Right, uh, because things are just askew so much. I've done a, a panel with my moment wide lens on the uh, on the phone. Um, now, when you do a panel in, in panel mode, it actually uh, zooms in a little bit. It's almost like actually going to video in in the um, basically in the way it zooms or whatever. So when I've when I've done a panoramic with my moment wide on there, it actually comes out not too bad. Um, even I don't on the know what it would edges? be like with the ultra wide. Yeah, even on the even on the outer edges, it's not that bad. I'll I'll find one. I'll find it here and I'll send it to you, Jeff, and you can have a look. Um, but yeah, it didn't turn out too bad. I I did one with um, with the wide angle, then with the normal panoramic, and then with the moment telephoto on as well. And actually, all three photos turned out really good. As far as you know, being sharp on the edges and everything else, but I mean, it's, it, it, again, it, it crops a bit of it in, right? It zooms it in, just like mm-hmm. just like it does when you're doing video. But I mean, they come out really nice, and they all all three have different looks to them, just because of of the aesthetics of the lenses. But now that being said, with the 13 millimeter wide ultra wide lens on the 11 Pro. Uh, I'm sure it's probably going to be a different story than than what I'm talking. Yeah, it's just it's just it, I mean it's like a when I tried it, it looked like a some kind of carnival shot where things are like really distorted and there's a mm. lot of things happening and you just have a lot more image to work with, obviously because it's taller, you know, a yeah. lot taller. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you you know if you do a regular pano. Uh, sometimes you need to lose some of your sky to make it work, and then you wish you had that sky there. So with this ultra wide, you have more opportunities to keep the sky in your picture because there's just more di- there's more image there to work with. Right. Yeah. Greg, you mentioned earlier live, and it just brought up something in my mind, and I just wanted to ask uh, you guys this question. I shoot a lot of live, and you know how when you shoot live, and then you go to edit, and it gives you a, a key photo. Um, that key photo is probably usually it's it's very sharp 
have you noticed that when you go into live photos and you change your key photo by moving, uh, you click edit and then you go through your little film strip at the bottom. I, when you click a different frame, sometimes those frames, they may be the frame you want because uh, the composition would have you or people's eyes are open, but it's not as sharp. Have you noticed that? I don't shoot a lot of live photos. Um, maybe I'll see if I can find one and I'll, I'll, I'll but, try yeah, it. I have noticed that where, let's say if you're doing an action shot and it the, the frame it selects is the sharpest frame. But like I said, it's right. not it's not maybe, you know, what's going on. So you switch it over and it's you could it it's really hard to get another sharp frame other than the one it's selected. Right, exactly. It selected the sharpest frame and if you don't like that one and you change it to a composition or something that you really need need the picture to show, you have to be okay with the degradation of the quality, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know I have experienced that, and I've experienced when you go in when you start to slide, it looks like it zooms in a bit, so you tend to lose some of the frame, also. And then you have to make a choice: do I go with the key photo that it showed me because it's exactly it's, it's really sharp, or do I go with the one that I really like because of whatever what's yeah. really important in the show and the shot? Yeah, that is something I have noticed, and I've done it both ways. Yeah. Well, oddly enough, I don't have a, a a live photo taken with the Apple camera. Everything I've got in my in my Photos app on my Mac that says it's under Live Photos, they've all been done with Spectre. And so what they do is when I play them, it just play, basically shows how the blur was made. And it, um, if I was to actually let me try this real quick, if I was to go in and go into Edit. Yeah, I wonder if uh, no. I could change. Oh, yeah. Okay, I can pick a different uh, key image, but actually, they're still, they're still the blur. How yeah. the blur was constructed, yeah, so it's, it's different. The than, way the way Spectre handles it is a little different than regular live photo. Yeah, because with with Spectre, I can I can change the um, the end point of the blurring process to make it actually so that it's very little blur, as if it was a very like a, a relatively faster shot or I can take it all the way to the end where it was really, really blurry. Cause I've took it I took a picture in downtown Toronto the other day of the streetcar stopping to let people in and out. And I use specter to capture, you know, the people moving around on the sidewalk and it goes from, you know, like a, it looks like a, a one eighth of a second shot to all the way to three seconds where you can hardly see them. So, yeah, it just behaves completely differently. So, image quality, Jeff, uh, pretty good? It is, and I have looked at some of these shots in Photoshop, and uh, obviously with the night mode, you're going to get some softness and some noise. So, my next uh, project is to actually print some of this stuff out and see what we how it outputs. But um, I'm expecting the output of just normal shots without using night mode, like just everyday sh- shooting. I'm hoping it's going to look a lot better than what the XS uh, was. But mm-hmm. they're both 12 megapixel. But I'm just curious if the if the chip makes it that the, the new 13 chip makes it better. Yeah. Uh, so before you had the 10s Max, what did you have? 
I had the I've had so many of them. <laughs> I had this. <laughs> I'm, all right, I'm I'm an Apple addict, I guess. But I've had the seven plus, the eight plus, and then the ten XS, and then now the eleven Pro Max. Okay, yeah. so trying to th- trying to think back to say your seven plus. Uh, the uh, one thing I noticed when I went from the eight plus to the ten uh, to the ten S Max was um, the uh, exposure latitude or. or What's the word I'm looking for? Um, dynamic range of the image was so much better. Uh, you know, it really picked up with the smart HDR. It really picked up the highlights and the shadows, and really found it, it did a great job of bringing those out in in an in even just a JPEG image. Um, so well, I'm that's just wondering, you, is there? Yeah, that's where you'll notice it in the contrast. The areas where the white whites are next to the dark darks, if it handles yeah. them both equally. Right. So, do you find that the 11 Pro Max is much better than the 10s Max? I know it's going to be considerably better than the 7 Plus. Well, but do you think I, it's- it looks it looks better on my phone, and it is a big yeah. a big phone. But I I need to look at it in uh, Lightroom or Photoshop and kind of really dig in there and then try to print some stuff out to to. But it, you know, it looks the color is amazingly natural looking and that's what the best thing i think is about these apple phones is that they really really try hard to give you images that look natural there's the reds aren't you know it's not contrasty it's not overly saturated it looks natural i'm about to say with the uh sample photos that you did gave us with the instruction site because some of their the the plastic fencing is that neon orange uh warning color and it stands out, but it's not glow in the dark orange. Right. Even the yellow tractor, yeah, that yellow, yeah. it was was it was it was it was natural looking. It wasn't neon in any way. Hmm. Well, so, is, is there anything I, that really anything else that really stands out in your mind uh, that you want to mention? Uh, I, 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 you know, just other things, just that aren't really camera related. I like the, the fact that it's waterproof. And I, even though I, I use a really heavy duty case on mine, I, it's good to know that if I drop my phone in a deep part of the pool, I have 30 minutes to get it out. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently, apparently these phones can be dropped in at least four meters of water and you have 30 minutes before it, it starts to affect it. Yeah. So that's cool. If you, if you look down, you're like, wow, my, my phone is in the deepest part of the pool and you jump down there and get it. I mean, it should be fine. Yeah, so Matt, you could take it kayaking and not have to worry about it so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I hopefully I never have another episode like I did up in Maine that one time. <clears throat> I've told that story here a few times, but um, just to to say it again real quick, I, I did knock my phone off my, my kayak into the ocean and um, it was probably in about eight feet of water or so. And luckily, uh, at the at the time, I, I forget what phone it was. It was probably an iPhone four. Or, it was either my four or my five. I, I don't remember which one. Um, but it was in a waterproof case, thankfully, and it and it survived. Uh, I don't know. It was probably underwater for a good half hour at least till I was able to swim down and and get it. 
Yeah, I mean, that's I, I amazing if you think of it with all the holes and everything in these phones. That's amazing that they're yeah. airtight like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would have probably just totally freaked out if I dropped mine in water like that. But um, I'm usually uh, that, trying there to be some freaking out going on. <laughs> uh, Matt, did you have any questions for Jeff before we tie this one up? Uh, no, no. I, I think he did a Jeff. You did a great job of uh, giving us your thoughts on the on the phone, and and they were, um, uh, you know, just really well well uh, thought out, and and it sounds like you've you've already managed to spend a lot of time with it. So I we appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> You know, giving us all that input. Uh, thank you. And the last yeah. thing I'll say uh, about my phone is that I was adamant about getting this beautiful midnight green color, and then a week later I covered up with a, a, an outer box case. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't think that through. But it is. Everyone's talking about the midnight green, and it is really, a really cool color. But most people, I believe, are going to put some kind of case on them. So uh, it's a shame, but. Uh, Greg, if you got the green one, since you don't use the case, you'd be happy with this midnight green. Oh yeah, yeah, I have seen it. Uh, the, the friend of mine, Randy, hit the one that he got was midnight green, and and um, if I had one, I'd be calling it the Yoda phone. The Yoda, right? <laughs> uh, Dave, you guys, anything else? No, no, no. No, it sounds you definitely no buyer's remorse here. No, huh? <laughs> yeah and and when jeff and i were talking earlier in the week i had told him that uh if if we had the apple upgrade program here in canada i would have the 11 pro because i i i would not mind giving apple a monthly payment to get a new phone every year but um unfortunately we don't have that and uh maybe someday but just not happening right now so uh, i'm stuck with my 10s max for another year at least well, Greg, if I didn't, if I wasn't part of that program, I would be in the same boat as you for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's a pretty good program. So, and I don't, I have no idea what it would cost in Canada here for a monthly payment. But um, I think if it was, you know, if it was around fifty or sixty dollars a month or something like that, I mean, just because of the price of these things, uh, that that would that would be pretty fair to me. If it was more than that, I'd maybe have to think about it. But um, yeah, I'd definitely be be on board if it was something like that. Oh, the, the a big benefit also, Greg, is they throw in Apple Care for you. Yeah, yeah, I, so I'm a firm believer in that. Itself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in Apple Care. Just looking at this laptop, I got I got a whole new battery pack in it and everything else uh, last week because um, you know it was failing on me, and my Apple Care is still active on it, so. It didn't cost me a cent, but uh, I, I definitely, I would definitely be putting Apple Care on the phone too. Oh yeah, yeah, it makes sense from their point of view because a year later you're mailing it back to them in this program. Yeah, that's right. So your your 10s Max is back now to them, or you still have it? I'm I'm holding it to the very last day I'm allowed. I love yeah. the phone and I love the camera in it, but I just, you know, I just, I'm part of the, pro, the upgrade program and I, I'm really happy with my 11, but I, there's nothing wrong with my XS uh, Max. It's like a pristine phone and camera. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with mine too, and yeah. that's another reason why I'm not just jumping on on upgrading this year is because I, I I can't I just I can't justify it. But, um, well, yeah. thanks for all the insight on that, Jeff. Um, oh, you're welcome. You know, yeah, I think so it's going to probably answer some questions for some of the listeners, and at least I hope it does. And uh, um, you know, it's just making me want one that much more. But I gotta wait. I gotta wait. <laughs> So uh, yeah, well, thanks, thanks for coming on and and, and you know telling us all about that and and uh, by all means stick around to the end of the show too. Yes, um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Now, real quick, um, just something that and I, we t- briefly talked about this on the pre-show. Um, someone I I don't know who was the original finder of it because honestly. When a new feature is found, everyone repeats it so quickly, so much. It's hard to know person A was the very first person to find it. Um, so I've heard this from multiple sources. So I, I, I don't want to tell one way or the other on it. But the fact of up until, at least as far as I know, before iOS 13, if you wanted to combine some live photos and make a video out of it, you would have to use the third-party app. Um, the one I used was put out by Google. Um, I'm trying to try and motion their motion app. Um, forget the exact name of it now, but you can now do it inside iOS 13. Uh, with, without even having to do anything else, and you you can do this as any phone. Or I shouldn't say any phone, but I have a 10, and I tested this out, and it worked fine on my 10. So the way you do this, and I don't think you have to preview the photos as a live, but I did it anyway. You just select multiple photos by clicking select on the upper right and selecting the photos you want. And then down below where you would either air uh, share the photos or maybe do an airdrop to somebody, you can select save as video. And then it will take those live photos stitch them together and create a video and it will keep the audio that was that that was going on while you were taking the photo and you'll get a little but i did one with four photos and got a 10 second video out of it that i was able to to the view which was kind of nice to do to do that way like i said especially if you're doing um an action shot or you're trying to get uh, something moving or something like that yeah that's a really great way to capture it without having to decide do i want video or a photo you can actually do the photo and get a little action sequence out of it greg i'm actually going to try that it's awesome yeah yeah i haven't tried it yet either i I gotta start taking more live photos um everything i do in that regard is with specter and it doesn't you know obviously just like we just talked about it doesn't do it the same way it doesn't treat it the same way so i'm gonna have to remember to turn on live photos at times and and just to you know maybe with the dogs or whatever when they're playing see what i can get It really comes in handy if you're photographing people and, and it's windy and the hair is blowing all over the place because you can probably find a frame where uh, the hair is out of everyone's face. That's why I like to use it in those instances. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
Cool. Well, let's move on to our post pick of the week. Post pick of the week. And we decided this week to extend out the wider is better challenge for another week. Um, so we were interested to see people doing um, their wide, 16 by 9 cropped or taken 16 by 9 if you use a different app, uh, wide angle shots and see what you can get that way in terms of composition and how you want to have your shots set up. Um, now this week, we because of that, we decided to go to the Instagram and we specifically looked at Jeff's Instagram uh, to try to pick a photo out and matt you were the one who selected for this week so do you want to go ahead yeah sure yeah i thought it would be fun to do a um uh feature the special guest for our post pick of the week and uh um if you're not following jeff on instagram i highly recommend that you do his handle is uh smart phonographer and of course we'll have uh, links to that and everything um, but just tons and tons of great pictures, a variety of subjects. So um, his feed will hold your interest for sure. Um, so it, it took a little bit to kind of figure out, you know, a photo for uh, post pick of the week. But um, seeing as how here in the uh, in the northern hemisphere, it is now autumn. Uh, I've had a few photos that kind of fit that theme and the one I picked was a uh, macro photo of a leaf with water droplets on it and I, I gotta say I'm just a, a sucker for those type of pictures I really 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 enjoy um, you know that type of macro photography and I think the thing that really drew me to this particular photo is just the detail in it it's just so crazy sharp and you could see all the little veins in the leaf um it's just absolutely amazing and and it's a good composition as well um you know there's a lot of the lines that kind of go diagonally across the photo which kind of leads your eye through it and um the the leaf itself is uh kind of a mottled uh color it's it's a uh, orangey red and then still some green in the center of the leaf so it's almost like a complementary color sort of thing um just super cool and then you got the nice bright highlights from the the water droplets and everything so um th this was really one of the a standout photo in a sea of standout photos in in jeff's uh instagram feed what do you guys think yeah, I total agreement. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Greg. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Okay, go ahead. Okay, now I'm I'm agreeing, and the detail that just came out in the uh, details with the veins without being um, grainy that that's something that really stuck out to me too. Go ahead, Greg. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just just going to echo what you guys are saying. Uh, you know, Matt, I, I, I'm a sucker for this kind of photo too. Um, you know, I've tried to take some like this before, and they just the ones I've taken didn't have the water drops on, and now I'm kicking myself in the butt for not finding some with water drops because this is really cool. Um, it just really adds to the picture. It it, it gives it some more, um, um, you know, it adds more of a story to it because obviously. It, 
uh, unless you cheated Jeff and used a, a spray bottle, but I don't think you did. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I don't carry it, one around with me. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it look it 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 just says says to me that you know it just finished raining and you stumbled across this leaf with water drops on it and you just went down and snapped it and and made a really cool piece of art out of it uh, you know it's really um i really really like it uh, the colors the the depth of the um uh, you, you know you see the not really depth but i mean you can see the the definition that's the word i'm looking for uh the definition of the leaf and and all the little veins and stuff you really brought them out real nicely thank you now the one other thing i noticed here in your hashtags uh this was taken with an iphone 7 plus so wow look at that and that is one thing i I see a lot of people, and especially when they're coming out with a new cam, with a new phone like the 11, you tend to think, oh, if I ha- once I get the 11, it's going to be so great because I'll be able to take so much better. Well, you don't. I mean, the iPhones have been able to take amazing photos for at le- for at least half a decade, even longer. So the fact of you, if you're if you're listening, you think, oh, I only I quote unquote only have an iPhone seven, or you only have a seven plus. That doesn't mean you're limited. That means it may make it a little bit harder for certain photos, but it doesn't mean that it's impossible to get the shot you want. You hear that, Joe? You could still take good pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if there's jeeps around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not all is lost, Joe. <laughs> and Jeff, did you want to it's add anything a, about? It's just a tool. Must <laughs> say, did you want to add anything? If you can, um, did you rem- anything particular that stood out when you were either taking the shot or um, doing ed- editing on the shot itself? say you know uh when you go out and shoot uh, with a group of photographers you you, you're going to a one place and you think you're going to get this kind of shot and then you leave and you come back and you realize some of your best shots were had nothing to do with what what you were there initially for so this is one of those shots where i was on a photo walk with some uh fellow photographers in philly at the navy yard and we were shooting abandoned buildings and kind of uh street scenes and this one this very this only leaf was on the ground all by itself. No mm. other leaves around. And it's small. So I I don't even think I even noticed that it had water droplets on it. But anyway, I leaned down and I got my macro. Uh, I used my macro for Camera Plus. And uh, when you take the picture, uh, you just know you got a good shot. And you know, I was like, out of all these photos I shot here today, I must have shot 200. This is one I like the most. And it had nothing to do with anything it's just me noticing something on the ground as well as walking by so you know i think as photographers we we're very good at noticing uh the commonplace and we kind of can stop and see stuff so this is a typical example of an artist's eye seeing something that's very common people walk right past it all the time but we dial in on it and show people how beautiful it can be wow Again, Jeff, we should have you on every week, I think. You're <laughs> <laughs> very inspirational. Yeah. Well, I'm a, yeah. I'm a big iPhoneography fan, so. Cool. Well, 
Well, we kind of know what Jeff's been doing kind of the last week with the new phone. Uh, is there any highlights you guys wanted to go over uh, from this past week or so that you've been taking photos with? Matt, you I, had, I think I've had a boring week again. Um, I did did take some you know you know what no no wait I talked about that last week I think yeah I yeah no nothing nothing mm. very boring well hopefully with the change of weather um, I don't know if you've already had the change or it's happening now for you but with the change into actually feeling like fall and not feeling like middle summer hopefully we'll get more interesting shots. Yeah, I think the uh, cooler weather has arrived. It's now 66 degrees at my house. Wow. And I think we're still upper 70s. So. It's coming. It's coming. Yay. <laughs> that means it must be darn near snowing for me then. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah must say. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was about, uh, oh, high 40s here today maybe like so it wasn't really over all that warm but um now for me greg 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 real real quick when you say high 40s just because where you are i I try to convert it so you guys know what okay okay because if you because if it was in the high 40s uh you right now would be melting yeah for celsius No, no, I, I've been, I've been trying to. Okay, we pre- I appreciate that, I'm, but <laughs> I'm just guessing a lot of the time, but I'm trying to uh, give it to you in, in Fahrenheit. So. Okay, um, but now in uh, on Tuesday, um, I had to take my brother down to a hospital in Toronto. He had a knee transplant, and he had to go down for a checkup. Hmm. So uh, while he was at his appointment, and, and I'm talking right downtown Toronto, Ooh. like right. Right downtown. You mm. couldn't get any more downtown than this. Um, so while he was in at his appointment, I figured I might have about an hour to see what I can do. So I I put my moment case on my phone and took my moment wide angle and my telephoto, and I just went for a little walk. And I ended up finding um, a big shopping center called the Eaton Center, and it has... I think it's Toronto's main Apple store in it. So I thought, well, I'm going to go see what this store is like. We don't have an Apple store in where I, where I live. So I thought, hey, I've never been to one. So this 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 could be fun. And <laughs> so I find this shopping center, and it's only like a block away from the hospital. So I snapped a few shots here and there on the way, and that's fine. So that I get to the mall. I look on my phone on the maps uh, on Apple Maps and iOS 13, it's pretty cool because it knew that I was at this shopping center and it says Explore Eaton Center. And I thought, oh, okay, I tapped on that and it told you, you know, what was where and whatever. So I found the Apple Store and I took a photo of it from the hallway outside and that place was packed. It, there, wasn't, there wasn't a table in there that didn't have seven or eight people around it. Uh, so, I mean, I was able to see the, the new iPhones. They had a whole pile of them on display and all that stuff. You couldn't really do much with them. They're all demo units or whatever. But um, all I did really was I just walked around the store and, you know, didn't didn't speak to any of the uh, 
people that worked there or anything because they were all busy with other people. There was there was things going on, like those sessions, you know, that they have. There was a couple of them going on in there. So anyway, I walked through there, went back out, and I went in the hallway of this mall or this uh, shopping center again, and I thought, this might be a good time to try out Spectre. So I stood at a railing, and there was three levels to this place, and by now I'm on the second level. Or was it third? I don't know. Tuesday's a long way back. But anyway, so I stood up, stood by the railing, and I put my wide angle on, and I, I used Spectre to take pictures of, you know, get the people moving, and, you know, there's an escalator just going up and down, and, you know, just blurring some images, trying some different uh, um, exposure times that way. So that kind of filled in probably a good half hour doing all that. So between the walk there and doing that and the walk back, it was about the hour, I, and I just got back, and my brother was coming out of his appointment, so it worked out perfectly. But, um, but yeah, it was it was just interesting to be able to roam around down there, you know, by myself, and it was it was very busy. There was a lot of pedestrian traffic and whatnot, and uh, uh, ah, just had some fun. And then coming home, it was peltering rain in a lot at a lot of times. So, but it was a good trip. Cool. That sounds good. And I, I, I've been, it, ugh, I want to say 10 years almost since I was on business travel and went to Toronto. And I, yeah, I did, we did go to the Eaton Center. And that thing just is com- completely mammoth in terms of a shopping there's mall. More, there's more stores or more shops in that shopping center than there is in the whole two counties that I live in here. Like, yeah. I live in in what they they call it Grey Bruce. There's Bruce County and there's Grey County and they just call it Grey Bruce. Just just cover the whole um whole area. And I bet you there's more stores in that shopping center than there is in this, these whole these two counties put together. <laughs> it just seems like yeah. it anyway. Yeah. And for me this week, um this past week was the Pittsburgh Great Race, the ten K, uh, five and ten K race. Uh I did the the ten K this year. Um and because of my various injuries, uh, this was a year where it was going to be a very slow jog walk for me uh, versus a the, the run I've done in the past year. So I decided to take photos along the way and partially crowd shot it. Luckily, it's a it's it's a combination of you starting off at one of the large parks here or on a road that goes by one of the large parks here, uh, going through some really scenic neighborhoods, um, beautiful houses, uh, right through where all the university, where Pitt and Carnegie Mellon are located for the universities, um, and then straight into downtown. And you're finishing right at Point State Park downtown. So you got some great different... Uh, it, it isn't just, you know, straight cityscape or straight... Uh, residential, you get a nice variety, and of course, since you're riding, you're running on these roads, you're getting angles that you normally only see when you're driving. Where you may want to say, "Oh, that's a great shot," and if you're driving with someone, you can go, "Hey, get out your camera and take get out your phone, take a photo as we're driving by," because that looks really neat. Where you just can't stop there, but running in the race, I can go, "Oh, okay, um, yeah, this is a good place for me to start start walking for a little bit," and you know, hang over and get a couple of shots here and there. Um, in fact, there's one part where it's one of the roads that was constructed, I think in the early 1920s. Um, 
and it goes by what used to be Pittsburgh's Chinatown, which literally is three buildings. Uh, Pittsburgh, for whatever reason, has never had a huge Chinatown like other parts of the U.S. But it's a place where the one road as you're going by it, you can get a decent shot of all three fo- uh, of the three buildings, but you almost have to walk on the road where there's normally not a sidewalk. So it was kind of a unique place to actually get some shots that way. So that was kind of neat to try. However, afterwards, where in the past I used the memories to create a kind of a slideshow with music for different events that happened, I noticed that with iOS 13, where iOS 12 you would... It would actually group, oh, it'd be like, oh, here's your photos from today, and here's the photos from this location. We're keeping that separate from photos from another location. I noticed, or at least I couldn't find an easy way to, to separate those, where now it said, oh, here's their highlights for today. And if you go to all photos, it just says, here's all the photos for today. But there wasn't an easy way just to select well i took photos in multiple locations and i just wanted from these particular locations so i had to select the photos throw them in an album and then try to make them into a slideshow with music and i had to do it that way just an extra step and that made it a little bit more inconvenient to be honest uh, but just something now someone may be screaming right now and saying, no, you idiot. This is how you do it in iOS 13. It's changed, but it's still there. Uh, but I couldn't find an easy way to do it, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, I've never I don't know if I've ever used that fe- feature, really. So I and, can't help you No, I mean, like I say, it may be one that it's it's it's. I don't want to call it hidden because it is there, but it's just I don't think it's used a lot. And especially for when you're taking photos at events, uh, it's a nice way to build in without having to use, let's say, Apple Clips or iMovie or another processor to actually process through another app to do it built in, which I think is kind of nice. Yeah. It was still pretty nice, though. Well, and Jeff, is there anything else uh, you want to mention? Uh, No, not really. I've just been busy this week with the uh, the iPhone 11 Pro Max. I'm really trying to uh, get out and shoot more now that I have a, a nice case on my phone. Yeah. Yeah, I know. We're, we're, we're all is not as uh, daring as Greg going uh for naked with our um our equipment after all yeah but he's gonna you mean, be you mean without a case yeah right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so okay well i think well like i said just a kind of a review for the post pick we are going with uh wide so that is through the facebook group so uh, keep adding to the um, the announcement that's pinned to the top, but also keep you know keep going using the hashtag Tiny Shutter for Instagram because uh, you never know if you have a great photo and we'll look at it down the road and pick it for a post pick of the week. And with that, I think we have ourselves a show. So uh, if, let's go around the room and everyone can tell where we can find you. Uh, Matt, do you want to start? 
Yeah, sure. You can check me out on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Flickr, uh, Dayflash, and the Artful Eye Photography community at M. Hoffman Photo. Okay. And Greg, where we can find you? Okay, you can find me on Dayflash. My username is McMillan. Uh, the Artful Iphonography community is my name, Greg McMillan, and on Twitter, McMillan underscore photo. Okay, and Jeff, where we can find you at? Uh, you can find me also on the Artful iPhone Photography community under my name, Jeff Feeney, and also on Instagram at Smartphonographer. Okay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Dayflash as ProfPod, and in the group as Dave Podner. And, gentlemen, thanks so much for the show tonight. And thanks for all. And thanks for hanging out. And uh, Joe was uh, right now. We're assuming Joe will be back with us next week to uh, to drive along and um, see how everything goes with him. Thank you, everyone. Okay, Jeff. Thanks so much for coming yeah, on with yeah, us. Thanks again, Jeff. Thank you. Well, it's time to say good night, everyone. And have a great one. All right. Have a good night. Good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave us a review and a five-star rating. See you next week. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Kowalski, what's our trajectory? 95% certain this will end in massive, <laughs> flaming disaster. And the other 5%? Irrelevant, sir. Barely.